Welcome to the Unstoppable Eventrepreneur Podcast, where we have open and honest conversations about business strategies, thinking and habits that are essential to building a successful event planning business while enjoying a fulfilling lifestyle. I am your host, Mayo Silvers, an events veteran with over 20 years of experience and also an unstoppable eventrepreneur with two multiple six-figure events business. Come listen with an open heart and open mind. Be ready to reset, recharge, and rejuvenate your life and your business. Well, thank you so much for tuning in to our weekly uh, podcast, The Unstoppable Eventrepreneur. Thank you so much for giving me your time and your earbuds and your focus for um, following our podcast religiously, talking about our podcast and sharing about our podcast to all the other event planners in the world. I appreciate you. And as you can see, today we have a guest with me. And um, her name is Jenny Maxwell. Uh, that is a reason why she's here to do a podcast hosting. As all of you know, a lot of my podcast episodes are solo episodes. And I'm extremely, extremely picky about who I invite to come onto my podcast. But Jenny is one of those special individuals that I think that it will be beneficial to have her to be on the podcast, not just, not just for me to learn from her, but to also let other people, especially event planners who have been following me to learn from someone else. So it's not always learning from me, but to hear from other people's perspective who also have an event planning business and then transition to a software, become a software founder and developer that is catered to the events field. So this woman is superpower. It's very, very smart, but I'm not going to uh, steal her thunder. I'm going to let her do the introduction, tell us a little bit about herself, tell us about her event planning business, and then share with us about her newest venture and how is that probably going to be the unicorn in the event planning field. So I'm going to hand the microphone over to Jenny. Hey, Jenny, how are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for that beautiful intro and thanks for having me. You are most welcome. It's a pleasure to, to have you. So, all right, because you are also an event planner by trade, right? So let's share a little bit with our list, our, our audience. Um, a background about you, do a little bit of introduction so they have some context when we continue with uh, our, our podcast. Sure. So I actually love telling the story of how I became an event planner because it's it involves my grandparents and I absolutely adore my grandparents. My earliest childhood memories are actually in my own backyard wearing a custom-made flower girl dress that my grandmother made. And she made all of the bridesmaid dresses, the bride's dress. And back then, what we now call catering, she catered the entire meal for everyone, did all of the planning. And so I feel like I learned event planning by osmosis. And I didn't even think once oh, I'm going to end up an event planner. It was just something that we just did. I had a huge Catholic family. I'm the oldest of 19 cousins. And I just fell into the role of planning weddings and birthdays, anniversaries. And that was all before I was 25 years old. And so that it just kind of, it just kind of grew within me and I got to do what I love in the family. And then when I was around, I think it was 2004, I started working at a magazine and we did wine festivals. 
And it was my first taste of something that was a three-day festival event with sponsors and tickets that needed to be sold and just a massive undertaking compared to something much smaller level that I did. And so at that point, it really sparked an interest of, wow, this, this takes a lot of management and people and details and, um, you know, crossing your T's, dotting your I's. I just, I fell in love with it at that point. And then um, I sort of balanced marketing and events for the next 20 years. I kind of, um, I was in the marketing industry and marketing and events go hand in hand. If you want to market something, throwing an event is the best way to get it out there, in my opinion. And so corporate branding was what I really honed in on. And so I became a corporate event planner. And that's what I did up until I started my own event planning company in 2017. I was working as VP of marketing and I went to my CEO. I said, I'm spending 80% of my day doing marketing events. Why don't we open up a corporate event marketing company under our umbrella? And he said, absolutely. I want you to go do that. And so I started Occasionally Fabulous Events here in Denver in 2017, and that's pre-COVID. And so everything was was kicking. It was great. I had a, a whole list of really great clients. And then COVID hit, and they were travel banned. And I I thought to myself, you know, I I wasn't one of the ones that was willing to pivot and do virtual events. I just, it's not in me. The reason I plan events is because I love to gather. I love seeing people together and I wasn't willing to pivot to virtual. And so I looked around me and, and thought, who is still celebrating? Who is still gathering? And in my area, it happened to be kids were turning 13 and having mitzvahs. And so I I learned the mitzvah world. It's not something that this Catholic raised girl knew how to do, but um, they embraced me, the community embraced me. And I just did mitzvah after mitzvah as I was waiting for the corporate event world to come back. And luckily now (laughs) my my business is back and, you know, corporate's back. But um, I I have a wide range of events in my my portfolio. So interestingly, that you and I are very similar because we do a lot of corporate events, right? When we're in corporate America. And then when I started M2 Hospitality, um, I just decided to stay into corporate. When I was in corporate America, I did corporate events, a lot of corporate events and and some social events, very big skill weddings, galas, nonprofits, et cetera. But my heart has always been with corporate, right? Um, not so much into the social events. So when you when you were doing corporate events and then eventually doing all these social events, how how do you feel? Like, do you feel that there's a difference? Like, what 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 is the switch here? I do feel there's a difference. I feel corporate understands the need for branding. And it's just in me. It's in me to brand everything from I want your cocktail napkins to have the logo on it to the signature cocktail to the gobo that when you're entering the room, I want everything to be uniform and just pull it together. And selling that to someone, you know, at a mitzvah, it's first of all, it's, you know, what's a gobo? What is um, you know, why is uplighting important? You know, it's it's very, it's it's just a different conversation and it's a different mindset. And it's 
corporate money is different than someone, you know, that's been saving since their, their kid was born. You know, it's like, we've been saving for 13 years. You know, you need to go make this very special because we've been dreaming about it for 13 years. And in the corporate world, it's like, you know, it, it, I guess it's not so emotion tied. So I, it's interesting that you say that in the corporate world, we brand a lot of things. And I don't know if you have noticed nowadays, the mitzvahs, they brand a lot of things too. Like, like almost every mitzvah that I go to have branded napkins, have branded gifts, everything, everything is branded. But of course I deal with, I deal with a, a different group of clientele where, you know, where the event budget is abundance. So we can do whatever we want, but, but I, do you think as a corporate event planner, you have the skills set to go into social event planning? Whereas if you are a social event planner, do you have the skill set to go into corporate event planning? So if the, if COVID wouldn't have happened, there is no way that I would have done that. There is just no way. Um, I was forced into it. <laughs> it. I was forced into it because I needed to have a paycheck. You know, it was my job. I lost all my clients because of COVID. And so um, I personally think that sticking to your niche and getting very good at what you do is key. And bobbling around and doing backyard barbecues with maybe a few corporate in here and that. And I, I think you'll be more successful if you just focus on your niche. Thank you for saying that. I just um, released a podcast and a mindset video on the success story of Chick-fil-A. All they do is sell chicken, <laughs> a chicken sandwich. And it's just all chicken. And I remember when I was at the restaurant one day and the dad and the daughter came in and the father was like, I like to have a hamburger. And then I guess that's his first time going to Chick-fil-A. So he said, I like to have a hamburger. And the store manager is like, we don't have hamburger here. He says, this is fast food joint, right? Why wouldn't you have hamburger? She says, and then she said, it's Chick-fil-A. <laughs> we sell only chicken. And have you have you ever tried to go to Chick-fil-A? The line is like so long and they somehow get those people through there. Correct. And they're closed one day a week. Yeah. So they're doing a lot right. You know, <laughs> you know, the 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 their business model is, you know, if if you are big on the online world and you follow the online influencers, Alex Hamotzi did a case study on them. So he, he is he's the he's he's he is he has a lot of weight in the online world in terms of sales. So online sales. So he did a case study on Chick-fil-A and he said that, he said that, you know, go, go do that one thing and do it very, very, very good. And when I look at the study of Chick-fil-A, it's, they, they, they focus on just serving their clients who like chicken. That's it. They don't sell fried chicken, but chicken sandwich and chicken nuggets and salad with chicken. Right. So they don't they don't have so many different services that creates number one confusion and number two dilution of resources and attention and focus and marketing. Right. As you were saying, if you just do it one thing and do it really well and be known for that one thing. So while I wasn't expecting a podcast to go that way, but I think this is a very, very important message for people to to hear. So when the store manager says we sell chicken only. So he's like, how can a fast food not have hamburgers? It's because we sell to people who love chicken. So 
it was very interesting the whole conversation. So he so he had a chicken sandwich, and and which brings me to to two questions. When you first started your business, okay. When you first started, actually three questions. When you first started your business, did you already quit your full time job? And then after that, I'll ask you the other two. So I was, um, like I said, I was vice president of marketing. And so I was still working and doing events for them I, as I was building Occasionally Fabulous on the side. And so I did not, I did not quit right away. Okay. No. At what point did you quit? Um, it was, it was actually after COVID. Um, so it was about three and a half years in. When do you know it was time for you to quit? So it was it was during COVID. So I wouldn't I wouldn't say I'm a great person to tell you when to take that leap because I was thrown into, like I said, I'm going corporate, I'm going mitzvahs, and then I have a job and then I, you know, left the job. Um I would I wouldn't say I'm a good person to tell you when when it would be the perfect time to quit and go take the leap. So when you decide to take the leap, what was the motivation for you to take the leap? You said three um, so, and a half years. It took you three and a half years to take the leap, right? But COVID threw a spin. I'm pretty sure when COVID is not there, if COVID wasn't there, then you probably would take the leap earlier. But but because of COVID, you know, it's still good to have a, a smaller paycheck and and or some paycheck and then at, at the same time grow your business. So I think if, if it would be something where I would say to give advice, I would say, my clients probably the my occasionally fabulous clients probably would have got better service if I could have left my job and focused fully on them. Um, I, I would have taken the leap earlier and just trusted my instinct and and gone with my gut that I knew I could do this. This is what I wanted to do. Um, but I was just holding on to that salaried paycheck, Aww. you know. Yeah, the golden handcuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So I don't blame you because if you're so used to getting a good paycheck where you don't have to worry and you suddenly asking you to go hunt and look for food yourself, it requires a completely different mindset. And in in my book, The Unstoppable Eventrepreneur, I talk about one chapter, like you got to understand your financial risk appetite. So I went into deep details because I was in that shoe, right? When I first started my company, I had no choice but to quit because of my position in the hotel. The, the management said that it is a conflict of interest or diversion of focus, which totally wasn't true because if I'm at work, I'll be 100% at work. Anyways, so I had to make a choice and it took me five seconds to make a decision. Okay, I quit. So, so But then I didn't have the opportunity to really assess my financial risk, Right to like my mindset about having to go hunt for business and also how much savings do I have to be able to not have any more paycheck and how long is it going to last last through before another client comes in. So I didn't have the opportunity to do all of that. But for you, you, you were fortunate enough that you will still be able to build your business as a side hustle until until you feel confident that, okay, I can take the leap. And so this is the pivotal point. This question is, at what point did you finally say, that's it, I'm going to go into my business full-time? 
what what was that pivotal point? Um, I the pivotal point um, in my brain, your, or it, it, yeah. it was in your it brain. Was more, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was it was it, my CEO and I. We talked about it together. It was he. I mean, he helped me start the company, and he said, "You know, are you ready for that?" And I, I had a lot of fear inside me and I wanted to say no, um, but I knew that it was time because it, I was taking so much time away from, you know, doing my corporate job that I, I needed to be focused on it. And so it was, I just accepted the fear inside myself and said, I'm going to do it. It was just, it was, it was a conversation we had together. And then I left uh, January, 2021. Okay, when you decided to quit, what you had all these fears. What was what were all those fears, and how did you overcome them to say, you know what, I just have to do it. I mean, the fear for me was mostly income. I was worried because I had just gone through COVID. I had just we were just we weren't even built back up. Corporate was not even back yet, and I was planning mitzvahs, and it was. You know, am I, do I want to plan mitzvahs for the rest of my life? Is this really what I want to do? There was so much unknown at that time that I just had to trust that this was, this is, this is what I want to do. This is what I want to do with my life is be an event planner. And it felt right. So I went with my gut and I I just challenged the fear and just said, I'm going for it. It's the point of no return. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. Okay. All right. So I'm so I'm pretty sure that you were glad looking back that you trusted your gut. It was a rough couple of months. I was I was very, you know, kind of shocked and uh, can I do this? And um, but yeah, absolutely. It was the right choice because there is no way that I would have gotten to rebuild my company and come up with all the frustrations that turned me into a software CEO. So thank God I made that jump. <laughs> You know, I always say that when life happens, it's not it's not happens to you. It happens for you, okay. When things happen, it's not it doesn't happen to you. It happens for you, and it that's opportunities everywhere. It's how you see it. Is it an opportunity or is it oh poor me? You know. So do you shine bright or do you do you dim? So every every moment in life is an opportunity for me. That's how I see life. And that's how I influence the people in my inner circle to see life as well. So now, when you started the company, right? So I would say that when you're building as a side hustle, okay, um, I would say that it's how you started your company as well because, you know, you're working in corporate and then after that, they say, okay, start 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 a business and then we basically give you the business. So there was a, there, there is a great way to start the business. And then until COVID hit, it's like, oh, okay, now I have to really start the business like round yeah. two, okay? So yeah. when you were, when you were starting your business, right? Okay. Round two, okay? During COVID, round two. So who, who did you learn from to actually restart the business under that kind of circumstances to get to get the the business from the mitzvah and stuff like that because you could no longer get all those leads from corporate. So 
So who do you learn from? Like how to do things? Did you get yourself certified as a as a planner to be more legit? Like what were you? What was going on in your head? That what do you need to have or to do to start the business? So that is that's exactly what went through my head. Is I I thought I have done everything up till now based on instinct. I just no one taught me. I you know I have an MBA, but there was no event planning classes. You know I've never taken event planning class in my life, and so what I did was I joined ILEA, the International Live Events Association, and I um I became I went on the board and I was the VP of communications and I just got out there and met everyone that I possibly could, and just learned from my peers. And I just did it by giving back and by sponsoring events and by just surrounding myself by my industry. And so that I I didn't get certified. Um, You know, a lot of people that do are really successful. I just never did. Um, But just all of the networking and seeing how other people were doing things and how they pivoted and really sharing our stories, because we all have this really unique story we all went through COVID together. It's like we went through this trauma together and we just like healed and we all had the common goal of rebuilding the industry together. And so that's how I, that's really what got me more passion and driven to get, you know, moving again. So you have, uh, you managed to find a community that is able to support you and learn, right? So this is a loaded question, okay? Do you think people who are certified will have more success in their business? As a business owner, do you think the people who are certified, those business owners who are certified as an event planner or a wedding planner, will have more success in their business versus someone who is not certified? Um, in my opinion, no. I don't think that being certified in anything or having a degree in anything makes you more um, like better at your job. I think that having, you know, diplomas and everything is saying, oh, great. Yes, you do have that. But it doesn't mean that you can execute an event any better than I can or the next person that is certified now. Thank you for saying that, because this is a commonly asked question. I'm not ready to launch my business because I'm not certified. I said, no, you're not ready to launch a business because you don't know how to sell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. I mean, it's if, if you've never done event planning or anything before, find a mentor. That's what I would say. Find a mentor and go learn, work, work with them. See if you really like it. Event planning is really hard work. It's not, you don't show up in a cute dress and, you know, your makeup all on. You're hauling stuff. You have food on you. You know, it's it's a lot of work. And so I tell all of these women that come and they want to be an event planner. I said, well, come work with me for a couple of weeks and then we'll talk and see yep. if you actually yeah. want to be an event planner. So no you know, certification. The yeah, I I support hundred percent. I the only the only exception is if you are working for corporate America, and you are working for a company. And you're not your own business, okay? So you're working for a company. And if you're working for a company that does a lot, a lot of exhibition or a lot of corporate events, being certified will help you get the extra ten to $20,000 in your pay. If you're, if you're working for a company that do major social events, being certified as a wedding planner, 
will also help you get a little bit more pay. So, but as a business owner, your none of your leads will ask you, are you certified or not? So basically, they just want to know, do you know how to do this? Okay, do you, can I trust you? That's it, right? So do you know how to do this? Can I trust you? Why should I trust you? So your job as a business owner is to know how to sell and how to make it feel safe for people to trust you to give over their credit card to you. That's, that's what I, I feel about business. Okay, you share with me this little secret that when you started your business, you, you stock up on inventory. Inventory for me is a dirty word. <laughs> <laughs> you stock up on inventory. You told me that you have, was it 1,200 square feet or 1,500 square feet of space where you stock up where you have all your inventories? Oh, yes. Yes, I have that in my basement. <laughs> So, so why, why did you think that is a good idea to have, to have inventory? It's so funny because I was trying to remember how my inventory even started. And I was thinking about this last night and my inventory started because I threw this giant event and I ended up with 12 vases or 12 to 16 vases. And so I brought them home and um, my rental company said, I'll just keep them just it's fine. And so then in my brain, the next time I had an event, someone said, Oh, could you do my florals for me? Well, yes, I have 12 vases. And so that created this giant beast within me that was inefficient, a waste of money and did not make me any more money. It probably made me less money by taking this whole thing on. And so I started growing more vases, more decor, stuff that I stored, stuff that I didn't put a damage deposit on. So if it got broken, I lost money on it. And it just turned into a inefficient beast. <laughs> and I, I really wish that I hadn't taken on all of the inventory because I may have reused like my pink vases twice, maybe over the last five years. It um now let me say if if I had different if I had a different business model, if I had four event planners underneath me that could take the inventory, take photos of it, put it online, and rent it out properly with a damage deposit, come and put enough cost on it where we wash the vases and we do all of that. Yes, I think that would be it. But for me, my business model does not work with inventory. You know, you just hit the nail on its head. Like what you just described is exactly majority of the, I'm going to air quote this, okay, event planners that is happening right now in our industry. They, they feel that, oh, I didn't, I have the, my, I did the first event, my client bought, paid for those supplies, they don't want it, so I kept it. And then you just repeat, you just repeat the cycle. You just cap, cap, cap. And then say, oh, yeah, it's mine now, so I can do more. But then every time you design an event or you when decide to plan an event, you use some of it, then you realize, oh my God, I need other stuff. So you start buying and then you just accumulate. Now you have like such a big basement with all this inventory. And then you start thinking, you know what? I can, I can rent it out, okay? And if I were to, if I were to own this inventory, I don't have to pay I don't have to pay the vendor. So I keep more money, right? And you said something that if I have a, a different business model where I have four event planners under me, where we will charge a fee plus a damage waiver 
And the fee that we charge for the rental is able to cover the cost of me paying the labor to, to maintain the inventory, to take stock of the inventory, to deliver, set up and tear down. Then it's worth it. But I'm not a rental company. I'm an event planning company. So the danger that I'm hearing here, and I'm going to call it out, is decide what you want to do. Are you an event planner or are you a rental company? If you do both, then you have to see. As a business owner, you've got to know your business finance. You've got to see which one gives you a higher return on investment. And you said that it didn't save me money. It, you know, it's a waste of my time, my energy, and it probably make me, it didn't make me more money and I probably lost some money, right? So, so you have to do an analysis if you might want to think about having a subsidiary, which is rental business, and then your core business is planning. So the business model will look like you as an event planner and you have two arms a rental company and a planning company. If you want to use your inventory, you've got to have the support to help you. Someone who costs less than you, by the way, okay? Because you are not the one who's going to be to, to do the delivery setup and tear down. So someone who costs less than you and maintain and be able to market that inventory. Sitting, is sitting in your garage or sitting in your basement, not being known that people have no idea that you have all this. So thank you for sharing your story and your frustration about owning inventory. What are you going to do now with all this inventory? Are you going to have a difference? Or are you going to sell it? What, what, what are your plans? So now that I'm moving into software and I'm doing less events, I probably will sell it. I, there, I just don't have a need for it. Right. Okay. So your advice, if you're starting your business, decide on your business model. Do you want to be a rental company? And if you do, you can do the design, have people rent the, your inventory based on your design and then have labor to staff and maintain. If you want to be an event planner, stick to event planning and work with someone who has the inventory and rent from this person. Period. Sure, look at your long-term goals. How, how do you want to grow? For me, I knew I always wanted my hand in the design and the decor. I knew I always wanted that. And so I didn't want to hire on people below me to go take on that and so I knew that wasn't the, the path that I was going to go on. And so inventory just didn't would never make sense for me. If you're fine running an event planning company and having people below you make those decisions, that might be better for you. It might be, it might work. Inventory might work. But think of your long-term goals when you first sit down and buy that first base. Yeah, I think, I think these are just, the, the the path of growing as an entrepreneur, right? You As you were saying, that when you started your business, you probably have this vision that you'll only be doing corporate events. And your business plan will probably look like I'm going to be the corporate event planner for Denver, right? So then COVID hit, you had to pivot and then you switch your niche to doing social events. So as a that's why business is so exciting. We always have these opportunities to reinvent ourselves and then ask ourselves, is this the path that we, I want to go? Because you don't know what you don't know until you start doing it. You don't know what you don't know. You don't know what you like. You don't know what you don't like until you expose yourself to it. And in this, you know, for you to share your story, I think is extremely uh, insightful and, and uh, encouraging. 
And now we are, we are actually showing them the future instead of them having to evolve. And when they're sitting down, they think about the long-term goal, their long-term goal right now, they can't even see beyond six feet, you know? So don't worry, go do it. But then when you start buying your first vase and you start buying the second vase or the third vase, and you, you have to start analyzing, that's it, is it making me more money? Okay, it may make everything look more beautiful, but are you here for a hobby or is it here for a business? You have to ask yourself that question. Okay, so now you said that you are transitioning from event planning to do to software development, okay? And your software is called Planning Divas. Am I right? With an S at the back. Not an S, so it's just so Planning, planning Diva. Diva. Okay, so Planning yeah. Diva. So the software is Planning Diva. So tell us a little bit about, about why an event planner <laughs> decided to go into tech. Like what brought you to decide to go into tech? That for me, I could never phantom myself doing that. I love that you laugh because I continue to laugh and try to pinch myself in every day. How did I get myself here? Um, and so I'll, I'll tell you how I got myself here. <laughs> Um, so I, I absolutely adore the event planning industry. I love it so much. And last year I was, it was last summer, actually, I felt like I was scattered and inefficient. And I felt like there has to be a better way of organizing and doing things. And so I threw a holiday party and as a corporate planner in December, you're basically booked the entire month of December. So your brain can't really think of much except for um, just constant chaos. And so I was doing an event of my own. I had 25 sponsors and I was doing an elaborate space. I had six different rooms that I was decorating in different themes. And all of my sponsors were, were giving me basically free you know, services, whether it was a photo booth or catering. And so when people are giving you $100,000 worth of free stuff, you can't not respond to them. They need to be your first priority and you need to be very grateful and polite. Well, 25 people coming at you with the same questions day in, day out, day out, you know, how much space do I have? What size is this room? Um, I want to put a champagne wall there, but I'm worried it's not going to match the couch that's green that goes right next to it. And so I thought, how how is there no one place that we can all collaborate on this? How am I answering the same questions over and over? And people are sitting at the bottom of my email and I'm getting texts, I'm getting DMs and um, of all the same questions, but people are not getting responded to fast enough. How is there not a solution for this? And so after my chaotic December, I went into research mode. I was, I was like, there has when to was be. This? When was this? This was December. This was the end of December last year. So I, I had my last event, I think like the 17th. And so the 17th of December, 18th, I woke up that morning and I just, I, I interviewed anyone that would listen to me. I went to Oracle. I went to CenturyLink. I went to and talked to all of their IT people. And I said, I have um, this idea that I want to create this software that's an event planning software. It's all in one. It's very visual 3D. It has, um, you only need one software as, event, as an event planner. Can this happen? And no one said to me, no. No one said, you can't do this. Because 
I was an event planner. I knew nothing about software. I can work my Google Calendar. I can basically work my email. I can handle like, you know, a Slack feed. But other than that, there's no designing going on in my brain when it comes to tech. And so um, it was um, a, a good friend. He happened to work for a tech company and we sat and had coffee one morning and he said, Jenny, what you need is a CTO. You need to go find yourself a chief technology officer and partner with him. And um, I posted on Facebook that night. I said, this is what I'm looking for. I had a few people reach out. One of them was an old neighbor of mine. And uh, his name is Josh Walker, who is now my current CTO. And um, we met and I, I told him my ideas and I said, go marinate on this for a couple weeks. And around the first of the year, um, he called me back and he said, hey, I want to do this with you. Let's do this. Let's let's figure out how we're going to create a corporation because we're both serial entrepreneurs. We both started six different companies. This is our seventh company. So we knew we knew that number lucky number seven. We're joining forces together, starting a corporation and we were going to build this. And we brought on five engineers. Um, we have a creative director, two salespeople, uh, director of operations. And we are eight months in. And we are about a month to launch now. And it's a, it's a beautiful product that I'm so proud of that I can't wait to use. I, I log on every night and try to mess around in there. And I just can't wait to use it and share it with, with the rest of my, my colleagues. Okay. So the... Planning Diva was birthed based on your frustration. Yes, based absolutely. on how inefficient you're working, <laughs> right? Yes. A lot of times, brilliant products and ideas and services are born when, when um, we have a problem and we try to find a solution. So Planning Diva was your solution. So at the very beginning of the podcast, I said that this, you know, because I had you know, we, we talked a little bit prior and you share with me the features of Planning Diva. And hence, I said that this is going, this could be the unicorn, okay? The, the all-in-one unicorn in the event planning field that you only need one platform. So give us a little bit of, uh, give, give me an idea, like what is the features of Planning Diva and what, what, what are the common, common problems that it will solve and what makes it so special? Sure. So like I said, efficiency is key in business. And I felt like I was being so inefficient by having so many different tabs open. I was using my Google Docs. I was using, you know, my to-do, my budget, my, my calendar. I had uh, Microsoft Publisher was how I was doing my layouts and move boards from Pinterest. I was just all over the place. And it wasn't easy for me to share with a client. And it wasn't easy for me to share with my vendors. And so I had I had a couple problems going on. I couldn't collaborate with vendors very well. And I wasn't organized. I had too many things going on. And so the thing that I love about Planning Diva is that the second your contract is signed with your clients, you put it in to Planning Diva and you get your to-do list, you get your budget, all of your items go right on your calendar. You can send invites to those people that you want to collaborate with. And we're building a 3D space so that you can actually see and design and share together. There's a mood board, a beautiful mood board for people that love Pinterest. You can still use Pinterest, but you can drop it, share it. 
People can comment on it, collaborate. Um, one of the things that is frustrating, at least for me with like, let's just say a rental company. You know, there's five foot tables, there's six foot tables. Whatever linen you get, it needs to fit either a five foot table or a six foot table. If you get the wrong size, it's tragic in our world. And so the rental company, if they're, you know, working at eight o'clock at night, I'm busy doing something else. It's something where they can visually see, comment, ask the question there, you know, is this a five foot or a six foot table? Sometimes we're three days out and they need that answer. It's not going on the truck. You know, it's, it's, it's solving these, these um, communication issues. It's solving inefficiency issues. And I think that it's going to ultimately create a visual that's going to sell more clients. Um, once you can show them the space, I think it's going to, it just encompasses all in one for the corporate social and event pl- or and wedding event planner. Okay. So I think the, from, in terms of doing a 3D setup, right, in the, in, in the software, that, that, we can find it in quite a few other softwares online as well. So you have that too, which is great because that that is what I would say 50% of the usage for the portal is creating the mood board and doing uh, 3D renderings for your clients to see. Um, Elaborate in terms of the communication, okay? Like the other features, I think when we spoke, you said a few things that immediately just picked my interest. I was like, this is like almost having a Trello board or Asana where I can actually put in put in my to-do list in here and I can share it with my team or my vendors that I can tell them, hey, listen, you're, you're, the, you, you, I need this by this time. So everything, all your communications is on that portal with your vendors. But we got to make sure that the vendor is also using that portal as well, right? Because that's <laughs> it, that's it. Um, that's it. Like Honeybook, when you when you send something out from Honeybook, it also is coming from your Google account. Do you does this portal requires you? Does it does it sync with any um, email server or only one type of email server when you're communicating with them? So you're actually going to be going onto our cloud space. So you are actually, anyone that uses our product will be getting a link to Planning Diva and going to Planning Diva. And so, for instance, like a DJ, they would get a little link and they would be invited and then they would go onto our cloud. They don't need to have the app on their phone or anything. They would just go onto there and then they could see what, we allowed them to see. So as an event planner versus DJ, the event planner can see the budget, the to-do list, all of that. The DJ is going to have their own set of what they can actually see and change and communicate with. And going, so going back to the communication piece. So coming from corporate America, you know, you use Microsoft Teams or Slack, you use a communication that's organized by whether it's, you know, sales, um, tech, you know, it, it organizes you so that groups can chat together. So that's something that I wanted in Planning Diva was by occasion, I wanted anyone that's involved in Mary's wedding to be able to talk about Mary's wedding. And anyone that happens to have questions about AV can talk about AV. And so um, I wanted to build that collaboration piece so that 
you're not looking through DMs and emails and, you know, Facebook Messenger and text messages trying to find answers to these things. It's all right there. And if someone, say the client might want to know, you know, um, a question, they can directly ask it there as well. So basically, what I'm understanding is if, let's say, I'm planning Mary's wedding, I'm the event planner, I'm planning Mary's wedding, Mary's wedding will be planned from from A to Z in planning Diva. So all communications are logged, uh, are all documented in, in the cloud under Mary's wedding tab, right? A little folder, right? So all the communications, floor plans, contracts, um, budget, to-do list, uh, mood board, everything is on there. And so you no longer have to toggle between emails, go to an email, and then after that, go to planning, go to another portal and or send or send a floor plan to, to yourself. You know, it, it's like there's too, too, too much going on. This is exactly what we're doing right now. <laughs> so, yes. you know, that's exactly what we're doing right now. So I plan a lot of corporate events. I have all these vendors sending me their contract. I have all the all the venue sending me their contract. I have the client sending me the contract. And then, so so now everything is in the, this little folder in my email. So what I'm imagining is planning diva. Now it's my big email folder. It's like my my server, right? But this server does not doesn't just do emails, but it also has a trailer asana where I can do my to do list. It also have the creative creative features. And um, this podcast, by the time this podcast is launched, you are probably in on, on your way to establish putting in the capability to send out proposals, contracts, and invoices. So that's, for me, is going to be the game changer where now I don't have to use another portal to go bill people. So it's going to be all, all in one. Am I right to say that? You are right to say that. And I am hoping that when this airs, I will be announcing that January 2024, we will have that capability because that, that, that will be huge to, I mean, that would be the icing on the cake for this year for me to, to get that all situated and ready to roll out January 2024. Okay. So what is the, you know, when you're, I know this may sound like I'm repeating the same question, right? We, we, we designed this software to solve problems, okay? Ultimately, because you are a serial entrepreneur, ultimately, you, your number seven business is taking on a huge chunk of risk investment and you're working in a field that is constantly evolving, okay? There's always going to be new things to be added on in the tech field. What is the ultimate goal of planning Diva? If I were to ask you to think about planning Diva three years down the road, what is, what is this product going to look like? So my ultimate goal is just to disrupt the industry. It's I adore this industry. I love it so much. And if I can build something spectacular that's, I want to use and all the people that have the same frustrations as me and it solves their problem and they're working efficiently. They're making more money because they're working efficiently. They're closing more sales. 
their lives are easier. Maybe they can take more time off because, you know, they're hitting their goals efficiently, I think is ultimately the goal. Okay. The ease, the, the, well, first, we've got to have the ease of using the technology, right? Do you think the learning curve for planning device is steep? Not at all. It is so easy to use. It's very intuitive. Um, I, I have, honestly, I'm the only event planner on my staff. And my entire staff has built an event planning software, never planning an event a day in their life. And so the fact that they can log on and completely create an event, and then they know what needs to go on a to-do list based on corporate event, social event, wedding, because they're all different things. Like they have caught on so quickly that I know that it's going to be, it's going to be so, so much easy for everybody to use. Okay. So we have, you know, a few software out, out there that all do different things. Okay. So we have, um, we have Timeline Genius that does Timeline. We have Honeybook Out Planner that does proposals, contracts, invoices, invoicing. We have same thing for Rock Paper Coin, right? And then we have Dubsado, you know, or um, we have Dubsado or 17 Heads that try to do project management, okay? And then we have Mary, we have Orsited and, um, and, oh my God, what else? Social tables that do floor plans. So me as an outsider, after having this conversation, I think this portal is going to be a combination of all of this, right? It's a combination of all of this. So all we need, instead of spending like a couple hundred dollars here, a couple hundred dollars there, you know, a couple hundred dollars here, we are just going to... It's so much easier for accounting to begin with. <laughs> so we don't have to keep tracking all these different expenses, number one. And it's it's a communication tool, it's a design tool, and it's a soft, it's a sales tool as well. So you hit the three things. And from an outsider, from how you're explaining it, you know, sometimes, sometimes the owner of the company has so much going on in their head. It's it's they may not articulate as well as someone who's listening to the owner who's like, and good thing is I'm an event planner. So I can understand where your brain is going. I can understand where your brain is going. And I'm also a business owner. So I hope I'm summarizing it well for you. You really are. I think the one thing I left out is I couldn't find a software that had it like a, it on a mobile device. I couldn't find a software that I could, you know, plan on my desktop and then have it on my on my phone. And planning diva is both. It, it's currently we have an iOS option, and so when you're out planning an event, you can make a quick change. You can show your client on your phone. Um, and next year we'll have the Android ver version come out and an enterprise version, so that you can actually work as bigger teams. And so, absolutely, you're correct on all of those. Perfect. It's I'm excited to see how it's going to all roll out. When is the? When are you officially launching? The, um... we're, we're officially launching September 25th. We have a launch party here in September 22nd, which this will air after. But so September 25th, we are launching that Monday and we're in pre-sales currently and slowly, slowly selling the product. People are, people have responded to it really well, which makes me happy. And um, I can't wait to hear the feedback and just keep chugging away and making changes based on, based on that feedback. Okay. 
Good. I'm very excited for you. You are definitely a very courageous, forward-thinking business owner, not just an event planner, but doing doing a software that marries with your passion. That's a winning. That's a winning strategy because you can feel the pain of the problem, and you can also feel the relief of the solution. And you're surrounded by a good community of all event planners who can give you feedback to constantly evolve the product, which is great. Congratulations. Is there a is there is there anywhere that we can go find out about the product? Is there a website? Is there a social media link that you can share? Absolutely. So planningdiva.com is the website, and then uh, Planning Diva Co on Instagram and uh, Facebook. Okay. So planningdiva.com. Okay. So there's no S. Diva is without S, and then Planning Diva Co. Okay. Co is for Instagram, right? Okay, fantastic. So for our listeners, we have something we have something um good for you. And I have worked together with Jenny to come together to create an affiliate link or ambassador link where you will be able to use our link to get some form of a um of a perk when you use my link to sign up for the uh, for a trial where they offer a two weeks trial. And then after that, you can decide whether you this software is for you or not. I do want to caution. Every time you sign up for a free trial, you're going to start using, okay? Don't just sign up and then don't do anything about it. You need to sign up and get a feel whether do you like it do you, and, and do you feel that this is going to work for you. If you do, then that link will still continue to convert into a paid version. And we are working out the details, how much how much we can offer in terms of perks and incentive, but I'm pretty sure it's, it's a good one. So it will all be on the show notes. And uh, I, I would urge everyone who is actively planning events to give it a shot, to give it a try, especially for those of you who are rather established already in your business. Uh, I wouldn't say that this is, this is something that if you haven't started your business or you're a newbie, 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 this may be a little bit overpowering for you, maybe a little bit overwhelming. But if you're already in the business, you're booking events, you're managing two to three events in a week, right? Or even in a month. So like even four events a month and they're all big events, a lot of communication, a lot of vendors going on or a high maintenance client, that will be the software because, because they will feel a lot of involvement too. You know, they can choose to be involved or not be involved, but they now they have an option and how much you want to share, how much you don't want to share. So, so I applaud you. You know, I'm very excited about this, this, this um, software. So for those of you who's listening to this podcast, make sure you go to the show notes and just follow them on their Instagram at planningdiva.co or check out their website, www.planningdiva.com to see what it's all about, what the hype is all about. And I always say that when a company is launching, you want to be the first few to be on it, okay? Because when the, that's when the deals are really great. <laughs> all right. And also they will appreciate any feedback that you have to share so that they can constantly evolve their, their, their software. And I think that's how we're going to help each other grow in the industry. All right. Do you have anything else to share, Jenny? No, I've just, I've had a great time. Thanks so much for for chatting. I love chatting about event planning. Perfect. I appreciate you coming on today, sharing with us about your journey and how you start your company, the, the do's and the don'ts, the mistakes, the change in the mindset and how you evolve into doing software evolution. 
and um, I will be rooting for you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Unstoppable Eventrepreneur Podcast. If you have enjoyed this episode, can you do me a favor? Please leave us a review and also share our podcast so we can help more eventrepreneurs out there. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast so you never miss any new episodes.